Welcome to the Dark Academicals, the podcast where we delve into the mythos of dark academia one book at a time. I'm Sophie Waters. And I'm Sarah Purnell. And this week we're back with The Weird and Unsettling Bunny by Mona Awad. At the prestigious and highly selective Warren University, Samantha shares her creative writing seminar with the Bunnies, a group of uber-close rich girls in frothy dresses who fawn over each other's work, constantly hug and call each other Bunny, and Sam hates them. But when the Bunnies invite her to join one of their smut salons, she's inextricably drawn into their fascinating and fantastical world where fairy tales meet Frankenstein and nothing is quite as it seems. Before we get stuck into this very strange, strange novel, uh, our usual spoiler warning, we are going to be going into all of the details, the big reveals, and this is, you know, a book with a whole lot of spoilers. That summary doesn't give much away. So if you haven't yet finished the book, maybe come back once you have. And if you proceed without having read the book, yeah, spoilers. Lots of Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) so many spoilers we've also got a whole host of trigger warnings once again so we've got blood and gore animal death body horror mental illness drug and alcohol abuse and gaslighting and that's literally just scraping the surface honestly it's another one of those books (laughs) but they're the big ones (laughs) we'd also like to invite you to sign up to our mailer it can be found at the darkacademicalsbookclub.substack.com. There are also links to find it on our Instagram and you can also find it through our website at booksburgersandbackpacks.com. And it would be really great if you signed up and it's good for you because there are giveaways and all you have to do to be entered into said giveaways is to be subscribed. It's a win-win situation. Right, let's get stuck into this weird weird novel i feel like i've said that so many times already (laughs) this novel is so weird (laughs) (laughs) right so sarah why did we choose bunny because it's on every single dark academia list whenever there's a dark academia list bunny is near the top you get the secret history um if we were villains if we were villains and then somewhere close to that there's usually bunny Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and also there's this quote on the front cover that kind of immediately puts it in the running for me. The secret history meets Jennifer's body. Which, eh, mm. it's a fun comparison though. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also kind of, you know, off the bat that summary is, you know, it's set in a creative writing seminar on campus, a woman writing her thesis, so... It almost automatically puts it in the running, really, doesn't it? Yeah, all signs point to dark academia, mm-hmm. but whether or, whether or not it actually fits remains to be seen. Well, I guess we uh, should find out, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. So, as usual, we will be going through our tenets of dark academia based on the secret history um, to find out whether Bunny by Mona Awad is actually a dark academia novel, according to us. <laughs> So first up is a higher education setting, often on campus and usually elite or exclusive in some way. Yes, it is, but I feel like Mm. it's a technicality. (laughs) Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's the uh, university itself, the college itself has a very strong presence. 
mm-hmm. but it is almost like a I don't know how what I'm trying to say it's not not like in the secret history where it becomes the epicenter for things it's just kind yeah. of a place that she goes that things happen does that make sense yeah definitely it's it's not a character in the novel is it yeah it's a backdrop for some of the settings that really could take part anywhere take part take place even (laughs) i think there's no other than there are some very symbolic settings within the campus but unlike Mm -hmm. in say the secret history where you've got like i can't even remember what it's called now julian's where Julian does his lectures and stuff like that. Oh it's my god, a, what's it called? It's got a name, hasn't it? But it it's has... very it all ties in to the Yeah. Um, to the theming and to yeah. the to what they're studying. Whereas this is just a classroom, isn't it? I mean they it call is. it the cave, don't they? Yeah. But you don't actually see that really. It's still I mean the the picture I had in my head was one of my old seminar rooms. Because it was just described as a seminar room. There was nothing special about it. Sometimes the lights were off. Yeah. I mean, weird, but all right. (laughs) (laughs) And I think as well, there is a... A lot of the important action actually happens off campus. I mean, most of the action does anyway, doesn't it? Like the big kind of showdown, I guess, between... Uh, Sam and the bunnies at the end happens in a classroom. Yeah. But at that point... The... All the key moments happen off campus. Yeah. And by the end, it's it's gone so off the wall that it, it doesn't really matter where it is because you don't know if it's real or not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. As we said, weird novel. <laughs> <laughs> So next up is old gothic architecture. And I can't remember her ever really describing the university. No, I. it has an old gothic uh, impression, but I think that's just because of the mood of the writing. Mm. I think it's just that kind of um, twisty, dark kind of descriptions kind of lend itself to yeah a more gothicy architecture but really it could just be as modern as like any kind of newer campus yeah. which don't know no i think as well like the obviously warren university a rabbit warren you know it's supposed to be dark twisty tunnels you know secretive but I feel like you get more from the name (laughs) than from the actual text. And as well, Sam hates the university. She doesn't want to be on campus. She doesn't want to go to her classes. She doesn't want to be there. So she's not going to take it in in a way, in a way, is she? She's, She's just there. Yeah. But only when she absolutely has to be. Um, So normally in a dark academia novel, we see a preoccupation with classical studies and this is Latin, Greek, literature, philosophy. And there is a preoccupation with the study of 
or the craft of writing, of creative mm-hmm. writing, of creating, yeah. of art. But it's not in the same kind of uh, consuming way, I don't think. Not in the same academic way, because no one's, no. No one's really studying. They're writing, but we're not really studying, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it, there's just automatically a different approach to creative writing, isn't there? It's, there's much more freedom and flexibility. And, yeah. And you bring your experience into the classroom rather than... You go into the classroom to experience something, I think. Yeah. A lot of the time. But there's also the preoccupation with the pretense and the pretension of being in that setting, which I think is an interesting look at Yeah. the academic, non-academic focus. Yeah, but usually we have our like protagonist who's like um almost like motivated towards the sim like studying or like the the Mm -hmm. similar uh subject as like so in this instance it would be samantha would be like obsessed with kind of studying the same as what the bunnies are and she never really is even when it comes to their special experiments or whatever you want to call them (laughs) she's intrigued at first but then very quickly doesn't really want much to do with it no i mean for most of the novel she's not writing is she no she's struggling to write oh yeah okay fair point (laughs) (laughs) because i i think what i gleaned from the ending was that this novel is her thesis thesis yeah and you can kind of see that in a way. I do, but it it if that is the interpretation that we're supposed to get from it, it kind of annoys me a little bit because it's like the and it was all a dream. I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. I was really re- really <laughs> frustrated by the ending as well. Like explaining half explaining it all away. I guess. Yeah. It was a bit anticlimactic, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it it almost loses some of its like power doesn't it mm-hmm. in in that sense because you know even if it was half of her imagination or even if these things happened or whether it was just drug infused or whatever it was it was yeah real experience for her but if it turns out it wasn't it kind of deflates the whole thing a little bit yeah because obviously sam's an unreliable na- narrator and we know that from the beginning yeah but the idea of you know a book is that you buy into it you go along with it so it's almost like we've been robbed of that experience yeah <laughs> by kind of undermining it um and instead of you know the pull of this novel is is this real is this happening are they real like what's going on here and it the ending kind of takes that away yeah so obviously I'm going to give you another big spoiler warning. (laughs) So, are you ready? But basically we find out that, you know, the bunnies have kind of orchestrated this whole thing to basically drive Sam mad as their, like, special project for their thesis. So all of the, the experiments with the bunnies that they've done together kind of torn back down again yeah 
yeah, it's just, it's just anticlimactic. And I wanted more of that, like, the exploration of the craft of writing. Yeah. The, The passion for it. Obviously, writer's block is a big thing. Yeah. For lots of writers. But even that wasn't explored enough, I don't think. Yeah, I think I was left unsatisfied because I could, even even if we got to the end and it was like her kind of accepting that basically every almost everything that happened was, was her overactive imagination mm. or because of some, you know, other external f- or internal factor. But instead to have it as complete fiction as in like, yeah, it, I don't, I found it difficult (laughs) (laughs) i find it difficult (laughs) yeah i agree it was i don't want to say the word cop out but it also feels a little bit like a cop out Mm. which is such a shame (laughs) yeah I, i definitely i know we're kind of going off piste a little bit but i feel like the way that this novel is set up almost excuses the author anything because yeah, because it, because no matter how you look at it there's always like a almost like a get out of jail free card by saying mm-hmm. ah but that was the point yeah because it's, it's very much an exploration of you know creativity and writing and a satire of the pretension yeah. of creative writing higher education and in itself it's very much the type of fiction that those certain people in a creative writing lecture or seminar would bring because yeah. i mean both sarah and i have studied creative <laughs> writing at um university so we both know those types of people <laughs> because there's always one in every group <laughs> and it's that kind of thing so it's as you said, she can excuse it. She's going, well, I was proving a point. Well, I was, you know, it's a satirical commentary. Mm. Whereas actually it's a little bit weak and has a few weak spots. Yeah. But it's definitely not weak in the amount of murder in it. There's a lot of murder. <laughs> I think aside from just, well, depends on how you look at, look at it, but aside from the uh, person murder... I got really upset with the animal murder. Yeah, it was horrible and unnecessarily graphic on the page. Yeah. But again, I know it's symbolic and it all ties into this theming and also like the fairy tale theming as well. I think she's she's playing on lots of those tropes. Mm. But just white bunnies i know these poor little bunnies they've done nothing and even if they are imagined or if they were just written up it doesn't matter they're still bunnies and they all died and sam in that time didn't know it was imagined you know unless she was writing it and then it was imagined yeah true (laughs) (laughs) it's so meta isn't it yeah but either way there was a choice made to put plenty of bunny death on the page and that's yeah, upsetting. Definitely. And I don't care how you try to excuse that. I always get really upset when animals die on the page. Yeah. In same. such a graphic way. Yeah. 
I mean in any way, honestly. Yeah. Just not here for it. No. <laughs> Weirdly didn't have the same reaction to the drafts. No. The men created by sacrificing these well, th- bunnies and channeling their desires into them. But I think all that almost feels like a mercy killing with them. It is a little bit, yeah, because they they don't come out quite right. No. They are drafts of the ideal men that the bunnies want in their lives. Yeah, and they're always their hands are never right and they're usually missing genitalia. Yeah, so we were talking quite a lot about this during reading and we were wondering, is it because it's from a safety angle, you know, these women are creating men but in a way that these men can't hurt them? Or what was it? I can't remember what your other suggestion was. I think it's just because uh, they're they're missing something um, altogether quite male and masculine that perhaps as female or female presenting feminine people they can't mm-hmm. quite grasp and so they can't yeah. create it yeah so i actually looked into this last night and mona Awood actually explained mm-hmm. why um in the paris review so all the links will be in our notes on um on the website so you can read the full interview so she said I see the drafts as the bunny's boy toys, their pets. The drafts are also a manifestation of the bunny's desires and fears around romance and creativity. The bunnies want dates, yes, but they want dates they can orchestrate, control. Because they're writers, they're obviously a metaphor there about creative work and the danger of trying to control your material. George Sanders has this incredible video talk about bad writing called On Story. He likens a bad date to a bad story to a date where you plan out everything you're going to say in advance. 7.05, compliment her outfit. 7.10, ask about the mother. The date's going to go terribly and you're going to sound like an automaton. So why do that? Because he says it's scary to be on a date. Bad writing comes from trying to control the outcome because you're afraid of not knowing. That's where the drafts come in. They're the bunnies' bad writing, hence their dicklessness. Sam's creations, on the other hand, can't be controlled. She doesn't have or exert that kind of power or mastery over her material. To a fault. As a result, her creations are more human, but her problem is that the creative act is so unconscious that she can't distinguish between reality and art. Mm. So, we were on the right lines. Yeah, I think we probably... I think... I don't, with this book, I still don't default towards how does this uh, relate to a writing process. Right. I think I usually default to what does this mean as a man or a woman or for feminism or, do you know what yeah. I mean? They're, those are my They're usually my your, defaults. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that was mine as well because when we were talking about it, they, they were the ideas that we were coming up with because they're... Yeah. They are academic focuses of ours. Yeah. And that was us putting our academic preferences mm. and focuses and interests into the novel, I guess. I think what what um, I don't like about that description, I'm not obviously mm-hmm. refuting it because that's what she wrote and that's what she <laughs> yeah. meant when she wrote it, but I don't like that it kind of... Um, it... I think the whole book doesn't seem to ex- acknowledge the bunnies as formed people. 
yeah like they they don't it's almost like they're not they're not good enough or they're not worthy enough or their writing isn't good enough because it's this or yeah um, and i know because we're seeing it from samantha's perspective that's how she sees it but um yeah i think there's also a conversation there about like what does make good or bad writing mm-hmm. yeah because, i think it almost yeah. undersells what she's done with the bunnies yeah in a way because there was and there are bits where sam acknowledges that they are much more than she ever thought yeah but it never really goes further than her acknowledging that and then it goes back to horror at their stereotypical and traditional femininity yeah in a way that repels her and i think it's it missed out a lot on the opportunity to criticize that and to criticize how uh, how women's writing and women's storytelling is policed in that yeah. way that you can't write anything graphic or surrealist or weird and gross without yeah. being criticized for it because you are a woman and you should be writing about sunshine and rainbows you know but also that you i think it's ex- it's completely valid to write about sunshine and rainbows i think this is what, oh yeah on absolutely. the flip side what this book yeah. does it almost like points at those the the likes of the bunnies or people that write in a very flowery or feminine way you know and kind of says that this is bad don't do this mm. but there's there's missing nuance yeah basically i think there yeah there was a lot of potential in the messages and the symbols behind it that didn't quite deliver no i think also this i mean if you wanted to get the full potential out of this book it needed to be something that would be as long as the secret history yeah because otherwise you're just going to get completely overwhelmed because i mean it's what 300 and something pages and it was already quite overwhelming (laughs) yeah i think it was about 370 ish Mm. so yeah, and that the that whole middle section, I was just like, I don't know what I'm reading anymore. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Don't know who I am. Don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, lots of murder. Yeah. Um, well, that's where we started. That's where we started. There is lots of murder <laughs> of not just animals but people and. Mhm. Mm. And imaginary people. And past selves. <laughs> In very dramatic. Yeah, it's it. It's an interesting one, but it's not murder in the sense that usually in dark academia there is a murder mm-hmm. and either they're trying to cover it up or, you know, it, it solve it or solve it or they've been forced or feel like they've been forced to play a part yeah. in it. Whereas this, <laughs> the murder <laughs> again, it's almost like supplementary to what's actually going yeah. on. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. So next up is a dark, moody and or haunting vibe. The vibe think, was not there for me. No, I think it's definitely dark and moody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, but I think it... Go on, sorry. I was going to say, I feel like, like you were saying earlier, how we've all met those people in creative writing seminars who write in a certain way and it just has that... It's it's almost on the edge of irritating for me. Mm-hmm. It's um, very whimsical and surreal. Hmm. But it also has an edge of 
trying very, very hard. Yeah. And again, that's probably the point. But it still still irritated me. (laughs) (laughs) But in a nutshell, it doesn't have the Dark Academia vibe. No. Regardless of how dark it is, it it doesn't have the the presence. Mm. Because the weirdness and the whimsy and the surrealism take precedence, don't they? Yeah. Just a fog of confusion. (laughs) (laughs) That's the vibe. (laughs) I felt like I just stumbled through this book without really kind of seeing any clear picture of much of Mm -hmm. anything. Just these unformed blobs of (laughs) colour and ideas. And I was just (laughs) falling from chapter to chapter going, I have no idea where we are or what we're doing, but here we are. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> very easy to read though. It is. It's very quick yeah. read. Yeah. Yeah, I read it in a couple of sittings, so. Hmm. So, uh hero worship of a particular figure or author is something that we often look for in dark academia mm-hmm. and they don't know. The only thing I could come up with for this one is that the bunnies worship each other on the surface yeah because they are a very tight-knit very affectionate very close group of friends and they relentlessly support each other but there is a scene in the novel where this is tested and their true feelings and the the vitriol (laughs) of a that kind of can bubble in a friendship group mm. all comes out very viciously and you find out what they actually think of each other's writing and yeah so it, it kind of rips apart that that friendship and that worship yeah i mean i feel like potentially there used to be a sense of hero worship for samantha in her who is now her supervisor for her thesis in uh, The Lion. Yes, yes. called Alan? I want to say he's called Alan. He is, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? Do you remember that advert? And it was like, Alan! 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 <laughs> I know, exactly the same. When she was calling it. it. Alan! Alan! Oh, and I know because Mona Award is American, she wouldn't have experienced that phenomenon that swept <laughs> the UK. <laughs> But that is all I can think about. Like, Alan. <laughs> she remember a year when I was at Download. Yeah. Oh my God, all night. Dude, all night. That has not stopped <laughs> for over a decade because the first time I went, Alan, Alan, <laughs> Alan. Like, it's funny the first five times, but <laughs> it gets yeah. old after that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish we'd seen more of their relationship. Yeah. I think that would have been a really interesting focus. Because there's... I think, yeah, I think because it's kind of like... I think it's billed as like this... As this, you know, big big act almost. Like this is yeah. the main act. You know, we're, we're, we're heading towards everything yeah. else is like, like a subsidiary to this. And then mm. you find out what it is. And even though I think what she did with that scenario between her and him was clever 
Yeah. It didn't really go on to mean anything. Again, it was anticlimactic, wasn't it? Yeah. It didn't have any power or propulsion in the story. It was just like, oh, that's ticking that box from what we were wondering about Yeah. from 200 pages ago. But it didn't think, have any... I think it's definitely clever because, <clears throat> you know, you are led to believe that something happened yeah. something not very nice as in like mm-hmm. potentially there was some kind of assault yeah that's what you're kind of led to believe however mm-hmm. it's nothing like that but i think what actually happened is probably i think it's powerful in that basically she kind of gives him her whole sob story for want of yeah. a better words yeah, yeah and he gives her nothing he back. literally just shuts down their friendship, shuts yeah. down their relationship. Because they didn't have... It was slightly unusual, like they met outside of hours, but we don't yeah. really know much else. So we don't know whether this was, you know, off the back of a romantic relationship um, or just a slightly morally ambiguous mm. friendship between a teacher <clears throat> and a student. So... But at the same time, like, giving up your soul like that oh, and then just yeah. being shut down is brutal. Yeah. But it wasn't quite the angle that it was leading us to. No. Another big, big element in Dark Academia is old money, which will collide with new money or no money. And that's a big deal in this book. It is a big deal. And I think... Um, it's quite cleverly layered. Yeah, I agree. Um, because you obviously have the likes of the bunnies who are... I mean, we know that at least one of them is very, very well off. Duchess. But we kind of The Duchess. But we kind of assume that the rest are too because yeah. they seem to live similar lifestyles. And then you have mm-hmm. Samantha who feels like she's not well off and that she's poor. And like I think probably on paper she doesn't have any financial assets assets, but her friend Ava is that right Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um points out that she's she's trying to be rich poor no she's rich poor I can't remember what it is she says she says something about her uh yeah I I know what you mean I can't remember the wording either she's trying really hard to be poor in a rich person's position yeah because she used to be rich yeah. Because her dad did some dodgy dealings and made a lot of money and she lived, you know, the, the millionaire lifestyle for a few years as a teenager. And then the dodgy dealings were unveiled <laughs> and um, her dad went on the run and basically abandoned Sam. But she's still in an elite um, yeah. university that many people would not have the same access to. Well, yeah, I mean, there's only five of them in that class, isn't there? Yeah. Which is crazy. But I think in this situation as well, like, it seems a bit more balanced across the university because obviously we have Jonah as well. Mm. And he's one of the poets. And he seems to be, you know, just on on the edge. Seems to be. I think that's another... It's another interesting perspective because Mm. a lot 
I don't know if it's making a point. Well, I know it's making a point, but I don't know how many characters <laughs> it's making this point with that a lot right. of um, people who study the arts in these kind of institutions like to pretend that they're in more dire situations than they are. For the, the art. The, the classic struggling starving artist. artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. That does that does happen, doesn't it? But the amount of times as well that it's pointed out that they kind of uh, let her in based almost based off the back of the fact that she's got this edge mm. when she doesn't really doesn't really have no. an edge. She's just from yeah. a but... slightly different background, but it's not yeah. even a, a poor background. No, it's not. It's just unusual. Yeah. But we don't really see any of her edge either. <laughs> no, but I also we think We never actually experience it. I think I don't know if that's also kind of the point because she's she's a safe edgy. So she writes these dark things, right. so she kind of comes across as a bit edgy. She obviously um partakes in a little bit of drug use, mm. obviously alcohol and they see something in her writing that's a little bit edgy. And a little bit like, oh, so like, oh, we'll take that on <laughs> for diversity. And really, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I do agree. I see what you mean there. But Ava's also an interesting one because everything about her spurns the university, spurns money and richness and privilege. Yeah, she kind of lives easily without any worries about money obviously she ends up being not a real person yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's an interesting portrayal of her yeah because she is she's sam's safe space isn't she Mm. so she shares her ideals but has the safety net of money yeah I was really sad about that reveal about Ava. Ava. I really like Ava. I really liked Ava. I got from the beat almost like really early on that Ava probably wasn't real. I thought yeah. she was just going to be a complete figment of her imagination. Mm. And technically she still is. Yeah. Yeah. But I also can't. So. All right. Again, big spoiler. If you've got this far and you're still thinking, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I maybe I will save it. Honestly, this is a big spoiler, so back out now if you're thinking about reading this book. But Ava is a swan, mm-hmm. and I can't get out of my head this image of Samantha at the diner with this swan. Because there is a there is a scene where the bunnies come and they're like, "Oh, who's your friend?" So is mm-hmm. there a so just is there literally a swan, swan in the booth opposite her? It's <laughs> 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 quite an image, isn't it? Yeah. Or is it nobody? Is it just nobody? And they're like, "Who's who's your friend?" Like, because she's sat there talking to herself. Yeah. Or who knows? Who knows? That's a question that we'll have to live with forever. It's a book of questions and no answers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. 
Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to weather as a literary device, which is my favourite. And mm-hmm. I feel like finally we have some weather. We do have some weather. For me, the use of like the cold, gross, snowy weather mm-hmm. was on par. Well, not necessarily on par, but like it was a similar setup to how it's used in the secret history. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say on par. <laughs> I <backtracked, laughs> that was a bit okay. strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely it had a it had a presence and it was it had a purpose and it, it was, had a purpose. It was there. I don't think it was used to its maximum potential. No, I think it could have. You know, it could have entrapped her with the bunnies. It could have entrapped her on campus and kind of intensified those mm. scenes and strengthened the settings as well. Yeah. I think the settings are fairly wishy washy. You definitely felt the weather though in this yeah. one. Yeah. Like you the did. scenes where she's in the house with Ava and it's mm. bloody cold and you felt bloody well, I felt bloody cold whilst they were just <laughs> <laughs> shivering yeah. in that kitchen. Yeah. I do also wonder if that's a further kind of emphasizing the the rich poor thing mm. as well because it's really warm in the duchess's apartment when she goes to the smart salons isn't it yeah it's cloying and the lights are that gorgeous glowy cozy feel on a cold evening yeah. whereas it's you know stark and bare and can see your breath in her in her place in Ava's so Finally, some weather. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Last up, we have underdeveloped social skills or the protagonist is portrayed as an outsider. Tick. Yeah, double tick. <laughs> She's... She is a very unreliable narrator and I don't think she's a particularly sympathetic narrator no and she doesn't ever try to ingratiate herself with the reader or the characters does she no she stays outside of everybody's grasp yeah yeah she's definitely an outsider but doesn't want to make any effort to be on the inside really apart from those brief I say brief, but that's that middle section of the book where <laughs> she is part of the bunnies. But even then, does she really want to be part of it? Or is it just curiosity of what it's all about? I think she goes there under curiosity and she gets sucked into it, doesn't she? She doesn't really seem to have a choice. It takes Ava pulling her out. Yeah. Or whatever part of Sam's brain is Ava. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And then... Yeah, there is the question of Max and who, what, how Max yeah. is. Because obviously all the other girls can see him it, in some kind of form. But it, it, it's obviously symbolic, isn't he, of mm-hmm. everything that they want. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Sam, the one that created him. Going back to like what um, Award said in the, in the Paris Review. But it's... It's so hard to pinpoint so many of these things with this novel because it's it's not a concrete novel. No. 
so much of it is up to interpretation mm. and speculation. So like, we were having a discussion like how do we define this genre like outside of dark academia where would we put it mm. and we just could not reach a consensus because there are so many different elements and there are so many different tangents that you can take from the story to take take yeah. genre and it's interesting because you from like a if i was a publisher's mar- marketing team mm. my gosh like <laughs> I think, like I said to you, you could easily label it as SF, as speculative fiction, and market it that way. But it would have a very different... It would almost have, like, a different... I'd go into it reading it differently if it was marketed as SF. I don't know if I'd find it almost easier because that's what I was expecting. But going into it as a campus novel, as, like, a dark academia novel... It's literary fiction, isn't it? It is is literary fiction. The, The type of literary fiction that makes your brain hurt correct (laughs) and honestly the type of literary fiction that i generally kind of go oh i don't know if i'm smart enough yeah oh i don't know about this (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of what we're exploring because it is marketed as dark academia yeah see see we're we're on it we're on it (laughs) (laughs) right that's all our tenets done. Mm. Do you have any other elements that you would like to bring up? I don't think would you so. Like to I think present to the class. I feel like we've we've touched on most of them, to be honest. Throughout, we have. Yeah. Um, sometimes, uh, like I was saying about how it almost has a get out of jail free card mm-hmm. in almost everything that it does, and sometimes that's. It feels quite heavy-handed. Yeah. But also, again, it's like, well, that was the point. Mm -hmm. So there is a bit where she's having, like, some kind of review with the lecturers. And that's a strange scene in itself. Yeah. But I I don't know what happened. Is it (laughs) Ursula? She says something about how her protagonist is very passive. She doesn't do it. Like, everything happens to her. And, like, Mm -hmm. that is exactly what's... Yeah, that's what Samantha. Yeah. So everything that you get a little bit annoyed about with Samantha is almost like, well, it was supposed to be like that. Yeah. And that in itself is really irritating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's very very satisfying as like a from a reader perspective. But from a from a crafting perspective, I think this novel is quite fascinating. I think to read it if I read it again from the perspective of uh, analyzing it mm. as a craft it's quite fascinating but f- for pure reader enjoyment it's frustrating as heck yeah. <laughs> but at the same time i did enjoy it mostly as a reading experience mm. i really liked the first third and the last third it was just that middle section that lost me a bit yeah um i ended up giving it 3.5 stars out of five i did yeah. enjoy it and there was lots there to get your teeth into. I was just generally a bit unsatisfied <laughs> by the conclusions, I guess. Yeah, I gave but, it three stars in the end mm-hmm. and for similar reasons. I think I really struggled to get into it. Like the first yeah. hundred pages, I'd say, I was like, I I don't think this is for me. And then 
and then I kind of picked it up a little bit and then it lost me again and then there'll be bits that I really really liked but then it wouldn't follow that thread and I get a little Mm. bit annoyed (laughs) I think as well sentence by sentence Mona Awood's writing is stunning yeah some of the imagery some of the metaphor and that she created is really beautiful in a horrifying way (laughs) a lot of the time but it is yeah the skill in the again in like the actual crafting of it Mm. is really something to behold yeah but as an overall package from a reader perspective it left a lot to be desired for me yeah Yeah, definitely and I, i was i was actually looking up to see what the critical reception is swept the board a starred Kirkus review glowing reviews from like LA Times New York Times it doesn't surprise me though because a lot of those publications they're literary go in with it, focus yeah reading it from, from a literary focus yeah. yeah but then when you look at reader reviews they're very mixed mm. which I always find interesting that <laughs> that comparison between industry and yeah. actual readers consumers not readers so sarah is it dark academia no 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 it doesn't i mean it it vaguely ticks some of the boxes but Mm. the focus isn't there the vibe isn't there the depth isn't there in the right places yeah it was a fun read though and i'm really glad we read it yeah, and again, if you're if you're a fan of Dark Academia, I think you can read this. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you can enjoy this, but that's a strong word to use with this book. Appreciate. Um, appreciate. And, and acknowledge the craft and the intentions of yeah. it. Yeah. Yes, correct. One that is just an interesting reading experience. <laughs> yeah. And we want you to read it and talk to us about it although hopefully if you've got this far you have read it Otherwise, so please yeah, just there's gonna talk be to no us. there's gonna be no su- surprises if you read it now <laughs> might be an interesting way to go in though mm. we had to pick apart what's real and what's not but <laughs> looks like that that is the end of episode two it is would you like to um announce book three i really would I am so excited for this and also a little bit nervous because I don't know what you're going to think. So next up we have A Lesson in Thorns by Sierra Simone. Um, And I've already read this and I really, really dig it. (laughs) (laughs) It will be interesting to read it from a true dark academia perspective. Because obviously when I read it, I was just reading it because... It's fun. Fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so it will be interesting to put that kind of lens on it um and also if you are signed up to our mailer our newsletter um we will be running a giveaway for a lesson in thorns so make sure you're subscribed and you'll automatically be entered yay right let me tell you what it's all about 12 years ago i left thorn chapel and the two boys i gave my heart to behind and now I've returned hopeful and wary because it's so very easy to be drawn back into the world of the seductive and elegant Alden Guest and into the world of his worst enemy, St Sebastian Martinez. The beautiful and brooding St Sebastian is as irresistible as he ever was 
and Auden is just as handsome and arrogant, and the three of us can't seem to unknot ourselves from each other, from the hasty promise we three made all those years ago. As Thorn Chapel slowly tightens its coil of truths and lies around us, our reluctant threesome starts unravelling into filthy holy pleasure and pain. Together we've awakened a fate that will either bloom like a rose or destroy us all. From the author of the USA Today best-selling New Camelot series comes a gothic dark academia fairy tale full of lantern-lit rituals, hungry desires and obsessions that last for lifetimes. Yeah, I'm really, really <laughs> looking forward to to this. I am going to be starting it tonight. Mm. I think it's also probably the spiciest title that we've featured so far. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> going to be the spiciest title that we've read. And hey, it's good to shake it up, bring some new <laughs> genres to the to the podcast. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, and I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode about bunny by mona awad and that you'll sign up to the mailer maybe give us a a review and a like on the podcast and we will see you in a couple of weeks bye bye